morning and welcome to According to the Scriptures and we are glad that you have joined us. My name is Kyle Webb and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee and I am thankful that you have joined our program for today. As we begin looking uh, at our lesson, we are still in chapter 7 of our book, Why I'm a Member of the Church of Christ, and uh, last week we had some difficulties, and uh, I I know what happened, uh, and I'm going to try not to to do that again, whatever I did last week. But anyway, we're going to go back to the point where we began last week, and uh, move on from there. But we're talking about the church being scriptural in organization. One of the reasons that I am a member of the Church of Christ is that it is scriptural in organization. Uh, so we're going to uh, pick up with our uh, third subpoint, I guess you could call it, and uh, on the autonomy of the church. But before we get into our lesson for today, as we usually do, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us and we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together. And we thank you for your word. We pray that you would be with us today as we open up your word, as we study from it. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to learn those things that, that you would have us to learn. May it help us to be better Christians and help us to better serve you in all that we do. We pray, Father, that you would bless our example to the world. Help us to shine your light in it. And we do thank you for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins. It is through Jesus that we pray. Amen. All right, as we get into our lesson for today, again, we are on the autonomy of the church. And so we're going to look at the importance of the autonomy of the local congregation. Uh, again, as we look at the, the church overall, we understand it to be the church of Christ. We understand it to be the church that is founded by Christ and that he is the head of his church. It's very important. Beyond the importance of, uh, of Christ being the head, we understand that, that the church has to have a certain structure. 
We're going to look that look at that a little bit today, um, but we understand that that elders are in authority. They lead the church. They shepherd the flock. They um, help to make sure that Christians, the members of that congregation, remain faithful. That they remain faithful to the truth of God's word. First of all, that they remain faithful in their individual lives. They are, are to oversee that, and they make sure that what the congregation is doing is what God's word has specified. So that's also important. We understand that we as members, we, we serve under the eldership. So do deacons. They are servants, and so do ministers. They are also servants, uh, but we, we serve under the eldership, the leadership of the church, and that, that's the way that the church is to be founded. Now, uh, just thinking on the leadership structure of the church, we can find in Scripture where these things have been established. Um, whereas if you look at denominations, if you look at different churches that are not the church of the Bible, ultimately we are endeavoring to be the church that we read about in the Bible. If we cannot read about the church that we are a part of in the Bible, if we recognize uh, differences in the church that we are a part of and the church that we read about in the Bible, then it's not the church of Christ. It's not the church that is established by Christ. It, it is not the church that the Bible talks about. And, and, and if that is a church that you are a part of, then then I would encourage you to, to consider your place in, in the ministry of Christ. I want you to consider your own faith. Do you believe those things that are taught in the Bible? And if you don't, then make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do. If you're not, repent. Turn away from that. Obey the gospel. Uh, but make sure that you are a faithful child of God according to the way that God has set forth in his word. And in order to do that, we need to be, to be a part of the church that God established in his word. As we look at the church, we understand that each congregation is autonomous. And this is something that you won't find in, in at least most denominations, unless it's a somewhat of a, a non-denominational church, if you will, um, in that they, they, they do not um, show partiality between one denomination or another. They accept them all. Um, and that's not describing the church of Christ. We, we are not necessarily non-denominational in, in that it's been taken to a point where um, that, that's not what we, we believe and practice. Uh, we are not accepting of every belief, but we accept the belief of the, the Bible. We accept the belief of the scriptures. In that, we are, are more undenominational than non-denominational. That's another lesson uh, in this series. But looking at the structure of the church, again, we are looking at the autonomy of the church. And this is not something that you'll find in denominations. Most big major denominations that people 
are a part of, such as as maybe the the Baptist denomination or um, the Methodist, Presbyterian, at least from what I know of those denominations, they have a certain structure in place. And most of them look to a headquarters, a committee of some kind that that heads up more than, than just one church, one congregation. They head up many different congregations that make up this denomination. Um, the Catholic Church, that, that's really where you find the beginnings of the Catholic Church. They started taking um, different precincts, uh, if you will. They, they started placing uh, people above uh, maybe a, a handful of churches, and, and it spread out into the structure that they have today where you have a pope, and you have bishops and cardinals and and all kinds of positions that you don't read about in the Bible. And it started because they were setting up leaders over uh, a certain area, uh, churches in a certain area. And, and that's not according to what the Bible teaches. Autonomy is defined as right of self-government. A self-governing state an independent body. As we look at the Church of Christ, one of the reasons that I am a member of the Church of Christ is because we recognize the autonomy of the individual congregation. All congregations had the same head, foundation, and mission, preached the same gospel, constituted one body as according to scriptural authority, but each was independent to direct its own work. As we look at each individual congregation, we do have many things in common, starting with the head of the church. We recognize the same head. The head is not the pope. The head is not any other position that is man-made, but the head of the church is Christ, always has been Christ, always will be Christ, and for us to recognize any other head would be to take the church in a direction that the Bible does not authorize. So that's very important. We recognize not only the same head, but the same foundation. The foundation is Christ. He is the chief cornerstone, and the church is founded on him and upon his authority, upon his teaching. Uh, you look at Matthew chapter 7, and toward the end of it, it, it talks about a very familiar story to us, the wise man and the foolish man. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The rock of the church, as we find in Matthew 16, is faith, not Peter, as many people believe, but the faith that Peter had, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. That is the rock, the foundation of the church. It is established on our faith in Christ and on our faith in his authority. 
and we only follow his authority. But each congregation, um, uh, well, we recognize the same mission. We preach the same gospel. But each congregation is headed up by an eldership, an eldership that is appointed by each congregation. When we look at the establishment of the church, we see various individuals that were sent to different places and their main mission, their main goal was to go to these places and to establish a congregation. And one of the things that they did in establishing a congregation was to set up an eldership in every city, in every congregation. They had their own leaders. And so each congregation does that today. We have our own leadership as each individual congregation is concerned. At Mars Hill, the congregation I worship with, we have an eldership. We have an eldership, men that are set up, that are um, established by the congregation. They are agreed upon by the congregation. They meet the qualifications and the standards of the scripture. And so they are qualified to serve as elders. And we serve as members under that eldership. H. Leo Bowles, in his Gospel Advocate Commentary, dated 1940, by the way, he said this about the autonomy of a congregation. The wisdom of God is seen in such an arrangement for his churches. If one became corrupted in doctrine or affected by evil practices, other churches would not be so affected. If dissension arose in one, it would not spread to the others. If one perished, the others would not be dragged down. If a window is made up of one large pane, a break injures the entire pane. But if it be made of several panes, it is not so bad to break one. The independence of the churches is a protection for each one. And I've seen this window idea firsthand, as a matter of fact, recently in one of my, my places of employment. Uh, we had someone that was coming in to repair a window. And so we, we got a little curious. It was in an office and uh, we, we got a little curious as to what was in need of repair. And we went back to take a look at this window. And, and of course, uh, someone had had the wisdom enough to put tape on several places in the window because it was it was shattered from top to bottom. And had they not done that, then it would probably eventually just fall to pieces all over the place. Um, but it was held together by the tape. And, and that was on the inside of the window. Now, how that happened is anyone's guess, I guess. Uh, we never did find out exactly what happened to that window. But anyway, on the other side of that window, uh, it, it was an outside window. And on the other side... It wasn't shattered. It was as smooth as could be to the touch because 
it was a double-paned window, a, a very thick double-paned window. And so whatever had shattered the inside of the glass did not shatter the, the outside of the glass. So the, the whole window, uh, it was you know fairly sound in that if something were to, to have happened on the inside, the outside would, would probably have remained unaffected. And that's what we're talking about when we, we look at a window. If it shatters and breaks, if we were to look at this as far as a church is concerned, take a denomination, for instance. Something happens to, say, the, the leadership structure of that denomination, and the denomination itself is going to crumble. What we see it in a, a lot of individual churches that stand on their own, uh, you see maybe a problem with the leadership. And most denominations will look to the preacher as number one in leadership. He makes all of the decisions. Um, but if something were to happen where he is, is found guilty of something, then the whole congregation, that whole church is going to crumble. Because it's established on one man. That's a problem. Whereas, as we look at the autonomy of the church, look at it in, in the sense of a pain, a window. Uh, if one part of that window is broken, then the rest of the window is unaffected because it's not just one large pane. It's made of several panes. And so the Church of Christ is still going to stand. For instance, recently I, I've seen of smaller congregations where they, for one reason or another, are, are unable to continue the way that they have in years past. And so they they fall apart, and maybe the members go to different congregations, but the Church of Christ stands because it's not just made up of that one leadership structure. It's each individual congregation, and the rest of the congregations around it are going to remain, for the most part, unaffected by what happened because of the autonomy of the church. Each congregation has its own elders. Each congregation has its own deacons. They do not look after other congregations, and so if one falls apart, the rest of the church remains sound. As far as the autonomy of the church is concerned, does that mean that congregations are not allowed to work together or with one another in a certain mission or work? Certainly not. We, we can work together. It's good for us to work together. And I remember of, of mission works, um, even recently, where maybe a, a congregation is in charge of it and they, they are going to this place, but maybe they invite members of a, another congregation to join them. And so that they, they go under the, the oversight of the eldership of that lead congregation. But we, we work together in that effort. Maybe we send money to different mission works. We can work together. There's nothing wrong with working together. It's important that we work together. But if something were to happen 
to a congregation, uh, whether it be that they are unable to keep the doors open. Maybe it is that, that they go away from the truth. Maybe they err either to the right or to the left, loosing or binding. Uh, but either way, uh, they, they err from the scriptures, from the truth of the scriptures. The church will continue to stand, and only those that are associated with that church will be affected by it. That's the importance of the autonomy of the church. That's the reason that each congregation is autonomous. And we see God's wisdom in all of this. Changes have been made, not because they were necessary, but because some were not satisfied with the simple structure provided by God. Such as in the Catholic Church, where they they did start taking things and 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 they started putting congregations, grouping them in a certain area and placing someone over that area. And, and then eventually they had to have someone over the one in that area until you have the the Pope as the head of all of it. And they believe the Pope to be um, basically Christ. They believe him to be the head of the church. And that's not the, the case. But you look at the structure of the church. Again, Christ is the head. Elders lead. Deacons and ministers serve under the, the oversight of the elders and members and servants of God. We all serve under the oversight of the elders who look to Christ as the head and who only recognize the authority of the scriptures. All of their decisions are based upon whether or not the decisions they are making are according to the scriptures. All of that is important. Let's divide up this uh, leadership structure and we're not going to get through all of this today. Uh, this is kind of a, a lengthy one. But we begin by looking at elders. And we'll focus the, the rest of this lesson on elders. Elders are established in every church. As far as the scriptures are concerned, we see again men that were sent out to establish elders in every church. Titus 1 and verse 5. Titus 1 and verse 5. For this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Titus is one of those individuals that was sent to a certain area to place in order the things that were not in order as they should be. To appoint elders, leaders in every city and every congregation. So in that area, Titus was making sure that those congregations were doing what they were supposed to do. and That they were establishing a firm leadership that again would look to Christ as the head of the church and recognize the authority of the word that he had given. In Acts 20 and verse 28, these same leaders are referred to a little differently. 
They are referred to as bishops in the American Standard Version and overseers in the King James Version and also the New King James Version and uh, I'm sure others as well. But these same terms refer to the same leadership. Bishops are overseers of the church in which they are appointed. They are overseers of only their congregation and no other. Um, for instance, our elders at Mars Hill, they, they don't have anything to do as far as making decisions for uh, even a congregation that doesn't have an eldership. They can't do that because each congregation is autonomous. Each is responsible for establishing its own eldership. Um, and so our elders oversee our congregation, the members of our congregation, and they oversee our works and make sure that they're in, a, in accord with the scriptures. In Ephesians 4 and verse 11, they are referred to as pastors. Many incorrectly believe that pastors are the preacher of a congregation. And really, in the standpoint of a denomination, that's exactly right. Because the way that they have structured the church is that their preacher is the head of their congregation. And so in that regard, he does pastor the flock. But as far as the church of the Bible is concerned, that wasn't to be the case. Pastors are always referred to as multiple men of the church that can lead and do lead. Um, but we need to make sure that we have those multiple men that are in place to lead the church. They do serve a very important purpose. There's still much more that we need to look at in regard to what the elders do, uh, but it is important to uh, recognize their authority and to recognize the leadership that they hold in the church. But we'll pick up here next week, Lord willing, uh, as we do uh, another According to the Scriptures. I want to thank you for joining me today for our program, and I hope to be back with you next week. And we'll continue our lesson. And I would invite you to join us again Tuesday at 11 a.m. Uh, as we, we study another portion of God's Word together. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact us. Uh, the best way is through our congregation's website, marshillcoc.org. Again, marshillcoc.org. And uh, on the front page, you find a, a place where you can send us a message, and feel free to do so. We would love to hear from you. Uh, I hope the lesson for today has been helpful to you, and I hope to be back with you again next week, Lord willing. And until we meet again, may God bless you.